Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was at Jerusalem at that time a great company of Jews out of every nation unto heaven. And they heard in their own dialect, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? We do hear them speak in our own dialect the wonderful works of God. They were all amazed. They said, What in the world does this mean? And others began to mock them. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. As you listen, you can expect the Word of the living God to encourage, challenge, and comfort you. We live in difficult times, but we can expect our God to provide answers to the big questions in your life through His Word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, writes of 16 different nations and languages which were in Jerusalem for the Jewish feast of Pentecost, which occurred 50 days after the Passover. When the Holy Spirit came from heaven and filled the house where the believers were sitting, they all began to speak in the known language dialects of these 16 different nations. And these people were all amazed at what was occurring. They understood the words that these Galileans were speaking. They all understood who the disciples were speaking about. They heard the mighty works that God had done. Dr. Mitchell brings out the four times in the book of Acts when four diverse ethnic groups received the Spirit of God. These four times are Acts chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 10, and chapter 19. Well, here's Dr. Mitchell with insight on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Today, friends, we again come to you, and we are in the book of Acts chapter 2. We're spending time on this amazing chapter where we read the day of Pentecost was fully come. Here we have God doing a new thing. We have God fulfilling his promise as you have in chapter 1, verse 5, John indeed baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And they were all filled with the Spirit of God. So I read again, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was at Jerusalem at that time a great company of Jews, out of every nation unto heaven. 
and they heard in their own dialect, if I may read verses 7 and 8, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in his own tongue, in his own dialect wherein we were born. What did they hear? The wonderful, wonderful works of God. Verse 11. Uh, we do hear them speak in our own dialect the wonderful works of God. And I'm not surprised at the statement following that. They were all amazed. They didn't know what on the wall to make of it. They were full of doubts. They said, what on the world does this mean? And others began to mock them. On our last lesson, we were speaking of the fact uh, that the day of Pentecost the Pentecost was a feast of Jehovah, found in the book of Leviticus. You remember, you have the feast of Jehovah, and there never is a second Pentecost. It's not to be repeated, as there is to be. The Passover is never is never repeated, never repeated. Our Lord finished that. First fruits, the feast of first fruits is completed. Will never be repeated. The next program, next feast of Jehovah, is the feast of trumpets which I believe will be the coming for the church. And then there's the Day of Atonement, when Israel as a nation will be in repentance before God, which will be followed by the Feast of Tabernacles, which gives to us a picture of the kingdom, when every man will sit on his own vine and fig tree, build his own house and live in it, and nobody else. So we have it. We have here the Day of Pentecost was fully come, never to be repeated. And you have they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, may I refresh your memory? In our last lesson, we were stating in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the Lord informed them they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So on the day of Pentecost, uh, that promise was fulfilled. They were baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Now, there are some people who declare that, that all Christians are not baptized into the body of Christ, are not baptized with the Spirit of God. That's not true. The baptism of the Spirit is an act of God. By the Spirit, putting every believer, real believer, into the body of Christ, into the church, which is his body. The only way you get into the family of God is by the new birth. The only way you get into the church of Christ is by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God is doing just one work today. He's gathering out a people for his name called the church. And the way into the church is by the baptism of the Spirit of God. My friend, you can't be a real born-again Christian without being baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Now, the filling of the Spirit of God is something entirely different. I say in my last lesson, the moment you're a Christian, you're born of the Spirit, that's relationship. You're sealed by the Spirit, that's preservation. You are indwelled by the Spirit. Your body becomes the sanctuary of God. You are baptized by the Spirit. That puts you into the body of Christ. These four things is a definite act of God the moment a person receives the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. It's not an experience. It's an act of God putting you into the body of Christ. Now let me say, I'm not opposed to experiences. Please don't misunderstand me. But I'm dealing with facts. And the danger is when a person has had a certain experience, and, and by the way, one can have many, many experiences, 
Do not judge the Word of God in the light of your experience. Judge your experience in the light of the Word of God. It's an amazing thing how we try to fit the Bible to fit our experience. The problem is to judge our experience in the light of the Word of God. Now here we come. In verse, in verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And this is the first time you have this question of being filled with the Spirit of God and of tongues. Now, first of all, may I say, there are ten times in the book of Acts where they were filled with the Spirit of God. Ten times they were filled with the Spirit of God. Now, in chapter 1, verse 8, our Lord promised that the Spirit of God should come upon you, and that was for the purpose of witnessing. And the Spirit of God came as a rushing, mighty wind. I'm reminded, by the way, of John chapter 3, verse 8, where the Lord said to Nicodemus, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now here you have it, it came in a rushing mighty wind. In John 3, he's talking about being born of the Spirit. Here he's talking about being filled with the Spirit. And you have, you have tongues of fire. Uh, here you have possibly speaking of cleansing. Uh, speaking of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, as Paul, you remember, says in Corinthians six nineteen, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Spirit of God? Why does he say that? Because of the uncleanness of their lives. The Corinthian church, which had all the gifts of the Spirit, and they had the gift of tongues with interpretation of tongues and all the rest of them, but they were carnal, they were fleshly. Let me say this, my friend. You can have all the gifts of the Spirit of God and not be spiritual. In fact, Paul said to the Corinthian church, you came behind in no gift. And yet four times in four verses in chapter 3, he could say, I can't write unto you as unto spiritual, you're carnal. Four times he says you're carnal. A person can be a carnal Christian and have gifts. And God gives gifts, he never takes them back. Now upon whom did the the tongues of fire came upon every one of them, every one of them, upon each of them individually. The Spirit of God came upon them. They were all, all filled with the Spirit of God and speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Remember the Lord said in John fourteen sixteen to 17, the Spirit of God is with you. He shall be in you. I will not leave you orphans. In, verse, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, all have been made to drink of that self-same Spirit. In John chapter 7, 37 to 39, uh, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. The Spirit was not yet given, because he was not yet glorified. And what did the Spirit do? He spake through them the wonderful works of God. You'll notice that all of them witnessed. They all spake in tongues. They all spake in languages that were understood. Please notice, the word here is dialect. Not only languages, but dialect. Real languages in which they were born. Now, these were Jews. These were all Jews. You have a list of the names of them. 
There were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, and so on. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our language, in our tongues, in our dialect, the wonderful works of God. These were real languages. I want you to mark that. And they were languages that were understood by the people present. And all the hundred and twenty all spake in tongues with real languages. I want you to mark that. Sometimes I'm asked a question today about some friends who speak in tongues. Are they real languages? I don't know. I don't know. They don't know either. Here they speak in real, the real dialect of the people still born. For example, I am a Geordie. I suppose you all wonder what I am, what my nationality is. I'm a Geordie. That's a mixture of Irish, Scotch, and English. A little bit of Frisian thrown in for good measure. If I were to speak my dialect, you couldn't understand me. In fact, in school, we, we spoke pure English, standard English in school. And the moment we got out of the door of the school, we spoke our dialect. If I were to speak to you in my dialect, the chances are you would, you would be wondering what I'm talking about. But here these people heard in their own dialect wherein they were born the wonderful works of God. Real languages. Now, I think I'll stop here and just say one or two things. I want you to read the whole book of Acts through. I want you to mark some things. You will notice in Acts chapter 2, all Jews were present. These were Jews who had come from different parts of the world. You take verse 22, Peter stocks and says, Ye men of Israel. They had come for the feast of Pentecost at Jerusalem. Chances are, they had come for the Passover. And it was quite common. It was, a, it was a journey many of them made once in a lifetime. They left their countries wherever they were, and they came from all over the Roman Empire to Jerusalem. And the chances are, they came for Passover stayed for their Feast of Firstfruits and Pentecost. There was a great gathering of them there in Jerusalem. As I say, it was once in a lifetime for many of them, for most of them. And they traveled camelback, came by ship, they walked, came by donkey, came by horse, whatever it is, they got to Jerusalem. And as I say, it was the experience of a lifetime for them. They came and went to the temple. They were there for the Passover, for the Feast of Firstfruits, and then for the day of Pentecost. And now here's a They'd heard about this man, Jesus. Possibly some of them had seen him crucified. But here they were, and they heard in their own language the wonderful works of God. Now, when you come to chapter 10 of Acts, there are three times in the book of Acts where people spoke in tongues for the first time. It may be well for me to put it this way. There are four cases in the book of Acts Four kinds of people who received the word of God for the first time. In the book of Acts, you've got Israel. That's chapter 2. In chapter 8, you have the Samaritans, the despised Samaritans, who received the Spirit of God. In chapter 10, you have the Gentiles. You have Cornelius and his household hearing the word of God and receiving the Holy Spirit. In chapter 19, you have the Jews of the diaspora down there in in Ephesus, there was a great, large Jewish synagogue in Ephesus, and Paul went down there and found 12 men in the synagogue who were different to the rest. 
And do you remember how Paul laid hands on them and they received the Spirit of God and they spake with tongues and prophesied? Now, there are four, four different ethnic groups. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I'm taking this very slowly. There are four different ethnic groups in the first century in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. Israel in chapter 2, they received the Spirit of God, spoken tongues. The Samaritans in chapter 8, the despised ones, they received the Spirit of God. We have no record they spoke in tongues. In chapter 10, you've got the Gentiles, and they received the Spirit of God for the first time, and they spoke with tongues. In chapter 19, the Jews of the dispersion, the Jews of the diaspora, received the Spirit of God, spoken tongues. Now, let someone make a difference. Let me say that even today, even today, you were to go to Palestine, Israelis in Palestine look upon the Jews in America as the Jews of the diaspora. They're not Israelis, the Jews of the diaspora, Jews of the dispersion. They're looked upon as being different. Now, it's rather a strange thing when you read it. In Acts chapter 2, you've got Jews, and they speak in tongues. In chapter 10, you have Gentiles, they speak in tongues. Chapter 19, you have Jews of the diaspora, speak in tongues. Here these three groups for the first time received the Spirit. Why didn't they speak in tongues in chapter 8 for the Samaritans? Now there's a reason for this. The first time tongues are mentioned is in Acts, is in Isaiah 28. With stammering lips in another tongue will I speak to this people, yet for all that they will not hear me. Now you listen to what I'm saying. I want you to, go, to stay with the Word of God. And I'm saying, with, as I said a while ago, I wouldn't want to rob you of any experience you've had with God. What I'm trying to give to you is what the Bible says concerning tongues. In Isaiah 28, the first time, Isaiah says, With stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people, yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Why is God going to speak to Israel in another language? In other languages. Now, don't stop there. Read on down the line. Two verses afterwards gives you the reason why God is going to speak to them in another language. Because you have made a covenant with death, and with hell you are in agreement. You have made lies your refuge. And when the overflowing scourge will pass over you, you will say, it will not come nigh us because we have hidden ourselves under falsehood. Why is God going to speak to Israel in another language, in other languages? Because they have made a covenant with death, with hell they are in agreement. They've made lies their refuge. They've hidden themselves under falsehood. There's no hope for Israel. Isaiah is the last appeal of God to Israel before captivity. When you come to Jeremiah, who prophesied after Isaiah, there's no hope. God says to Isaiah, don't you pray for this people, I won't listen to you. They've got to go into captivity. Now, let's keep this in mind. The first mention of tongues is going to speak to Israel in other languages. In Acts chapter 2, Israel how did they hear the word of God in other languages? God is going to appeal to them in other languages. 
Now, let me just stop for a moment. Israel, you remember, was chosen by God to be God's witness to the nations. And Israel fizzled on the job. All right, says God. After our Lord was taken and crucified and buried, and Israel said, we will not have this man to reign over us. The cup of iniquity was filled full, and in 70 A.D. they were scattered among the nations of the earth. And instead of Israel, for 1,900 years, instead of Israel being the witness to the nations, the nations have had to witness to Israel. Now you mark this. For the last 1,900 years, if a Jew wanted to know the things of God, to hear about the Savior, he heard it from a Gentile. He heard it in another language. Now let's look at it. In Acts chapter 2, these Jews came from all over the Roman Empire, and they heard in their own dialect the wonderful works of God. Why didn't they speak in tongues in Acts chapter 8? There were no unbelieving Jews present. Peter and John went down and laid hands on them because the Samaritans have to acknowledge the place the Jew has in the economy of God. They've got to recognize the apostle, for the Samaritans have no dealings with the Jews and vice versa. Now in chapter 10, why did Cornelius and his household speak in tongues when they received the Spirit of God? In fact, Peter and Peter and the six men who came with him wouldn't have believed that the gospel and the Spirit of God was for the Gentiles if they hadn't heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Unbelieving Jews in that sense that didn't believe the word of God was for the Gentiles. Let's come to Acts chapter 19. Twelve men were found in the synagogue in, the, in Ephesus in Acts 19. Paul saw these twelve men among all the Jews who were present. There were twelve men who were different. He said, Unbelieving, did you not receive the Holy Spirit? They said, We haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. Under what were you baptized? Under John's baptism. Then Paul preached the gospel to them, laid hands on them. They believed. He baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus, laid hands on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Where? In the synagogue in Ephesus. Who were there? Unbelieving Jews. Now, when you come to your 14th chapter of Corinthians, the last mention of tongues, what have you got? In the law it is written, with stammering lips in another tongue will I speak unto this people, Israel. Yet for all that they will not hear me. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. That's unbelieving Jews. Well, mark the next verse. But when the whole church has come together, Jews and Gentiles, and they come in unbelievers, will they not say, you're mad when you speak in tongues? Sign of the presence of God to the unbelieving Jew, sign of madness to the unbelieving Gentile. I just suggest this for your thinking. You read it through. And don't forget to read every passage on tongues concerning this question. In the book of Acts, those three cases, chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 10, chapter 19. And the Lord bless you today for his name's sake. I hear the Savior say, my strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. 
trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.